Hello and welcome to this very special Q&A. don't know why it's very special. I was going to ask, why is it very special? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> um, they're all very special, actually, I'll have you know. So that's why. I feel Catherine, special. Catherine looks freshly blow-dried. <sighs> well, I just washed my hair. It was a bit questionable yesterday. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Emma. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on to the questions, which is why we're here. I do. Um, does anyone know where we're starting? Sorry. Catherine, I thought you were on them because you know. Okay. I think I've liked the ones that uh, everyone that we get through are like. So if I've not liked it, then that's where we are. That's clever. My phone's making noise. Well, this is a <laughs> really interesting listen. Right, for I have found one that has not been liked. Okay, let's hear it. Right, okay. Um, we all emotionally eat or use food to numb emotions sometimes. I am so aware now that I literally realize it as I'm doing it, but it doesn't necessarily stop me. I know that the solution is to sit with your emotions, figure out what the problem is and why, and then try and solve it. However, it is a longer process that needs time, sometimes weeks. Do you have any tips to deal with these feelings on the go, have different immediate coping, coping mechanisms or daily band-aid solutions? Oh, good question. I think it's unrealistic to think that, I, I don't know, I think part of this is the is accepting that you will have negative emotions that it's not always about like just sitting with them and allowing or it's not always about finding a solution and a good analogy that I heard for this which isn't mine and I can't remember exactly where I heard it I think a lot of like therapists use this it might have even been my therapist I can't remember but it's not about ignoring the negative emotions or it's not about thinking that they're going to go away at some point like they will always be there it's about where you place that spotlight so can you change the spotlight into something that's more positive can you focus on the positive things that's not to say that you'll never feel negativity or that it won't be there or that it won't impact you at times but if you're trying to change that spotlight into focusing on something else I think that's more the narrative we should be working towards um, and I think you're right, like now and again, it's totally fine to eat to make yourself feel a little bit better. Or I wouldn't say to numb emotions, but to like comfort eat a little bit. But I think when you really think about it, normally it's everything else that comes with that. So I know that like what's really comforting is having people around for a nice meal, but it's more the company as opposed to the food itself. And I think the problem really starts when it's your only coping mechanism. I think it being one of a few things that make you feel better when you're not feeling great is cooking yourself a nice meal that might be slightly higher in calories. That's very different than sitting on your own in your room, like binge eating, for example, because you don't want to feel what's going on. So I think acknowledging things, doing all the right things, like making sure you're journaling, making sure you're getting exercise in, making sure you're talking to people, but also realizing that like negative emotions are a part of life and you can't block them out and you can't numb them. And I think the the turning point for me was realizing that because it's quite like, like, yeah, but I want to block them out. Like I want to numb them. And then sometimes like, well, what's the negative of doing that? Like what's the negative of just putting them in a box? I think when you realize that 
you genuinely can't feel the highs if you're not willing to feel the lows. And that if you're numbing the negative emotions, you're also numbing the positive emotions. And I think that reframe for me was like, oh, okay. So I actually kind of get something out of the pain, which is feeling negative emotions. I think as well, like she's also what described it as um, a daily band-aid solution. So I think you got to also realize that to find these coping mechanisms and strategies, you've got to practice them and you've got to kind of like get better at them over time. So it's not a case of like being able to just fix it straight away either. So you've got to be willing to put the work in to be able to then get the reward of being able to use those different coping mechanisms. Yeah, it's like building a muscle, isn't it? (laughs) You're not going to have big muscles the first time you go to the gym, but it's practicing these things again and again and again and calling yourself out on, I don't know, times where you do slip up. And that's totally normal to slip up. And I think if you can really think about that as an opportunity to learn, like, oh yeah, I did emotionally eat last night, but let's kind of, let's use this instead of just drawing a line under it and moving on, let's use this as an opportunity to learn. And one, one question I think that's really useful to ask yourself when you're looking back at these occasions is how did I feel right before I overate? And, and working through that and just writing it down and like being aware of it so that when you have those feelings again, maybe you can choose another thing to do, another option. And I know it sounds like, overly simplistic but sometimes these like the urge itself is only high for I don't know five minutes ten minutes and actually just finding something else to do for that period of time to get out of that headspace and get a little bit of perspective is all it takes so I think a really common time where people tend to overeat is straight after dinner and actually even having that 10 minutes of I'm going to go outside and walk or I'm going to go upstairs. So I'm not in the kitchen, Mm. but that in itself of just removing yourself from the environment is sometimes all it takes. Like, I think sometimes we think that there needs to be this huge monumentous answer to these things. And often it's the really simple things that work like, okay, after dinner, I go upstairs and I read five pages of a book. Then after that, I can make some more choices about things, but like, that's my post dinner routine because actually that tends to be, when I overeat I just keep eating after dinner yeah I really loved your post about um reacting versus responding the other day um for me I find like I'm really quick to answer text see if there's a text message that just irks me ever so slightly from a family member I'll like react instantly and like reply and and probably regret it straight after so like what I've started doing is like going to a really like my favorite room in my house and looking out the window just like not even looking at anything but that is literally the same like take a pause take a breath I look out the window for a second and think am I going to regret this yes and then I'll maybe maybe not respond maybe I will respond but in a much more mature way so it's kind of like you can you can use that as well for your emotional eating. If like something happens to you and you're like, oh my God, I need to do something about this right now. It's a reaction rather than a response. Yeah, I really like that. I'm get it's actually like, I find that these things turn into a little bit of a game and like mm-hmm. I'm getting really good at thinking through things. So if there's, I don't know, like, like you're saying, like an argument or something or something that irks you or something that kind of triggers you a little bit, actually thinking through okay well if I have an argument with this person like what's the outcome of that like 
and at what point like does that serve anything at all and sometimes it does right sometimes arguments can be helpful and can come to some kind of resolution and it doesn't have to be seen as a negative thing it can be more of a discussion but other times you're like there is no positive that can possibly come from this and at some point we'll have to make up and there's like I said there's no positive so I'm not even gonna engage in it I'm thinking of an example, but I don't think I can say it on the podcast. So we'll just move on. Wait, wait, no, I don't. I actually, no, now I'm, I'm just this thinking. This person that I know. <laughs> yeah, so this person that I know that wasn't me. Oh, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast. Let's move okay, on. Do you want, I'll, I'll do mine, right? Okay, you do yours. Because they won't listen. Right, so I was complaining about not feeling well. This was a while ago. I was complaining about not feeling well and how not feeling well, I wasn't able to do a certain thing. And the person, instead of like giving me space to have that vent said, well, are you feeling more positive yet? And I was just like, Pfft. like, it was so, it just, it just sent me over the edge. And I was like, you need to give me space to feel this negative emotion. Doesn't mean I'm not a positive person and doesn't mean I'm not, I'm being negative. And ironically that was kind of what we were talking about as well like that person wasn't giving me space to actually feel a negative emotion because it's okay it's okay to like sometimes have a little complain a little rant I just I just wanted to do that but they weren't letting me do that and then I respond I reacted instead of responding so yeah (laughs) and how was the outcome the outcome was not good good. (laughs) I then had to apologize yeah so um first of all let people have that space for negative emotions second of all respond don't react (laughs) agreed yeah Yeah. and think through like what what's the outcome here and like what would my future self be grateful for Mm -hmm. and yeah I'm gonna do a whole episode on this actually because I actually I was telling you guys yesterday about um my old athletics coach who died and that in fact, I don't know if I told you this part. I don't know if it's going to ruin the next podcast. But anyway, I really wanted to write him a letter to thank him for the impact he's had on my life and all the like life lessons he's taught me. And stupidly, it was at the bottom of my to-do list for like months. And I, I never sent it, right? So that's a huge regret. And I will always regret that. But in a weird way, it's like a, a, one last life lesson that he's left me is that you're never too busy to do those things. And actually they should be the top of your priority list to do them. And I think that you like regret can be a really good lesson for people. And actually you owe the person that potentially you've impacted that lesson. So now I feel like I owe him to never make that mistake again. And that kind of holds you to it. So it's not just like, I regretted that and the regrets are horrible feelings. So I won't do it again. It's like, you're not just holding yourself accountable. You actually owe it to someone else not to, not to make that mistake again so yeah one last life lesson that's how I'm seeing it that was the reframe oh I love that so much but I I think like to your point if you never let yourself feel negative emotions you can't learn from them as well and I think regret is something that you can actually learn a lot from and it normally shows you quite clearly your values like the things that you regret the most and normally the things that are least in line with your values Mm -hmm. it's like going into that like morbid if you were on your deathbed and you hadn't have done this thing or chosen to do this thing would you feel regret for it 
yeah deep deep <laughs> like how do you want people to remember you mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna tell the story because I don't think they'll listen and it'll be fine okay. <laughs> I've, I've thought about it. so this person that I know was in bed with someone and the other person said the wrong name right right bad but the first person whose name was said wrong was like like thought about this and was like well what's the outcome here like you you're gonna fall out about that right but like can it be taken back no is there anything that can actually be done about it no and then it's like there's gonna be this huge argument over like where's like what's the outcome to that an argument that eventually you're going to make up from right you're going to have to forgive that person eventually so what what's the point making an argument out of it thought shona (laughs) unpack it let's unpack it i think like whoever was the person who just moved on like they actually are a saint and I wish I could be more like that person <laughs> with you. I know, but this, this is such a good example of responding versus reacting like that's yeah. next level response that versus reaction. yeah well done to that person whoever well they were done. wait so was it an ex's name or was it just random other okay that's see that's fine see if it was like a random other name you were like oh <laughs> Oh, do you think it's better than it? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, either would be quite worrying. <laughs> yeah. Like X isn't great because then you're like, oh, so you're thinking about them. <laughs> I think X is worse. But then someone completely <laughs> random is also just quite alarming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we uh, shared that. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, Alice says something on the live. Re the pause for emotional eating. I definitely recognize the urge feeling. Trying to practice doing five to 10 minutes to pause and distract more often. And it does feel a bit like a muscle, i.e. it gets a bit easier the more that you do it. Um, Although sometimes it does feel harder than others. And yeah, that's totally right. And I think sometimes people think that they're doing it wrong because it's hard. And I'm like, no, it's a really hard thing to do. Like, I think that... People talk about doing that, you know, like sitting with that emotion. They're like, oh, I must be doing this wrong because I find it really hard to do that. No, no, it's <laughs> it's meant to be hard. It's a hard thing to do. Mm. That's that's what my tattoo is a little bit about, like sitting with an emotion instead of acting on it. And then I think the whole point of the wave is that like it does come in a wave. And like you're saying, it's like a five to 10 minute distraction is often all that you need for that kind of urge to pass or that wave to pass or that emotion to pass. Mm -hmm. you don't have to act on it and I think we're so used to thinking that emotions are true and that we need to respond to them or we need to act on them we need to do something and actually like you don't you can choose how you respond to that that is your power yeah 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 all right okay next question next question (laughs) are you reading or am I you read I'm reading you you can read I'll I'll read then I'm not speaking much, so I'll read. (laughs) Hi, coaches. Very happy to be here. I have a question on protein. I have a Gusto box every week, uh, every other week. So around three to four of our evening meals a week are these. When calculating protein in these meals, shall I go with the nutritional information provided? We make the recipe exactly as it comes in terms of quantities, so it should be correct, but wanted to check. It will save me tracking it manually, if that makes sense. And then she's put a little example underneath. 
I would but, say yes. Like, what's the point in like measuring it and weighing it out again? Is that what she means? Like doing it herself? When calculating protein in these meals, shall I go with the nutritional information provided? Yeah. So. And yeah, yeah. What What would be the point in doing it again? And there's always going to be inaccuracies yeah, in tracking exactly. anyway. So whichever one you go with, it doesn't make any any odds, does it? It sounds like the reason that you've got these is because it's convenient and it saves time, which is brilliant. And so why would you add any more time by weighing and measuring it again? I absolutely concur and agree. I think it's really common, especially when you start tracking to get really, really bogged down in like the nitty gritty of things and exactly how much things are weighing and stuff. And yeah, completely unnecessary. The real benefits of tracking are being more aware of what you're putting in your body and being to some extent aware of the energy density of those foods but the exact like the five grams here and there like they make absolutely no difference awesome next question out of curiosity does drinking alcohol blunt the response of muscle protein synthesis yes it does good i have this question on my instagram stories as well yeah same and i've got a feeling it was all the same person (laughs) um but yeah it does it can blunt responses to muscle protein synthesis which is why it's probably not a good thing to have after a workout so for everyone who was finishing their workout and getting straight on the beers it's not a great idea so there was on the the latest season of apprentice you know how like they have the final episode they all have like to pitch their business plan one of the girls her business was these um high protein alcoholic drinks and i was like i would literally just cancel it out cancel the protein out cancel the benefit out and no one called her out on this probably wouldn't completely because it doesn't like stop any muscle i know i know but you just think one that's disgusting yeah (laughs) and two like why i think it's because as soon as you add protein to something now you can double the price of it can't you Mm-hmm. oh it's high protein oh great <laughs> can charge twice as much yeah yeah i also like think on that note like make sure when you check these things like i see it quite a lot with cereals now that like oh this is high protein weetabix and it's twice as much but it's actually got like four grams of protein in it or something so it's not really high protein so make sure that if something does say high protein have a little check yeah definitely I think as well with the effects of alcohol, like following, say, like a, a night out or a hangover, that can then affect your like subsequent training afterwards or like your motivation to train or the intensity or which you're training. So there's also that to bear in mind. But I think like unless you're going out drinking like a couple of times a week, it's probably not going to have much impact on your muscle building and your training. Um, I think it's if it's more chronically that you're actually consuming alcohol that would have a bigger impact agreed okay next one from helen my protein target is minimum of 100 grams how much can i go over by um i mean you could say as much as you want but like realistically you want to be quite sensible with that so you want to have a a good balance and going over is totally fine like even up to probably like 160 grams fine the real the real question is like is it costing you in terms of other important nutrients to get into your diet or in terms of 
enjoyment of food or cost of food or if you care about the environmental impact of your diet like the higher protein end is going to probably have a higher carbon footprint as well so there's loads of considerations around that and we've kind of come to what we think is quite like a nice balance of 100 grams where you're going to get the most benefit in terms of body composition but also you're not kind of overdoing it so that's a minimum that we set if you want to go over it and stay within calories fine you probably get away with a higher protein intake on a higher calorie intake because you have more calories to play with. Um, but you're getting the vast majority of the benefit from that first hundred grams. Awesome. Um, and the final, I think this is the final question in the thread. Oh my goodness. Um, ideas for celebrating that don't involve going for a meal or drink other than the lockdown walk with a coffee. Oh, that's such a good question. Mm-hmm. Like, go on, can, man. You can go out dancing. You can go to like, you can go and dance somewhere. Just in the yeah. park. Just <laughs> a little celebration dance. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to figure out like what we're so used to celebrating in the way that like the social norms are of like, oh, well, if you get a promotion, you have to have champagne. Or if it's your wedding anniversary, you have to do, I don't know, champagne again. Like, it depends what's, I guess, what you like doing, really. It could be a really nice walk with your family. It might be a really nice meal. It might be going on a trip somewhere. It might be, like, booking yourself a massage. Like, it could be kind of anything. Or, Or, like, blocking some time off. And I think doing something that you'll remember is quite nice. So it's not just like the norm, like, okay, for my, I don't know, wedding anniversary, we did X and remembering that that's quite poignant and a nice thing to do, but it will totally depend. You, you might be someone who's like, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse than going and like walking up a Monroe for my wedding anniversary or you might be like that's the perfect thing or you might say I'd much rather go to a spa and enjoy myself having a spa day so figure out something that you want to do that you like doing and use that for a celebration mm-hmm. there's so many like cool little activities that you can do as well like the axe throwing stuff and well, I'm trying to think of other things like ice skating or go climbing actually- go ape yeah what do you say, Shona? I said Owl Sanctuary. I'd really like to go to an Owl Sanctuary. The classic Owl Sanctuary. <laughs> Often, actually, it's normally booked up from all of the wedding anniversaries, isn't it? The Owl Sanctuary. <laughs> Inundated. Oh, <laughs> it... Owl could bring like a small ring to remind you of your wedding ring or something. That yeah, do you know what? Go to the Owl Sanctuary, give your ring to the Owl see what happens and then I'm still I'm still voting behind dance when I was in India we did this thing called ecstatic dance which is like it was everyone was sober um and we just went down to the beach someone played played like a guitar and some bongo drums and we all just danced um and that was it and it felt like a proper celebration so yeah get yourself down to Trun Beach uh, get a set of bongos and have a dance yeah why not that sounds like fun yeah um i have the questions from my chickens go on then go on then um okay so uh 
any chance of some help a reminder on how to be more mindful around eating please right now for me the workouts are there the routine sometimes it takes a bit of a push but I get them done but diet wise I think I'm only considering what and how I'm eating after the damage is already done the motivation is there I've done it before so I know I'm more than capable yet I just seem to be so thoughtless when it comes to food right now Okay, something I would consider is your food environment, which I think a lot of people think, well, you can't control that. That's just an obesogenic environment that we live in, but you can control like your own food environment. So if you, you know, some people think this is quite extreme, but like if you don't have quote unquote junk food or food that you don't want to eat in your house, it's much less likely you're going to eat that food. And a lot of this is just creating an environment for success so that you're not using willpower as much. Like you're gonna to have to use a hell of a lot more willpower if you're exposed to those foods all the time or that, that they are the easy option. What you wanna make the easiest and most simple option is the option that you want to, that is conducive to your long-term goals, right? So if you're like, I really wanna eat more fruit, make sure it's there and readily available as opposed to, yeah, but I'd have to walk all the way to the shop to get fruit because I never have any in. Like that kind of stuff. I know it seems so, so simple, but actually thinking about the environment that you live in and thinking about how you've set that up. If there's something that you want to do every day, like every morning before, if I want to do my morning routine, like if I, if I actively don't do my morning routine, I have to walk past my pull-up bar in order to not do it. So it's on my way to the kitchen to make my first coffee. Like it, so it gets done. Right. And I've created that environment so that that happens. Other things that you can do is like, if you want to do your morning routine, set up your yoga mat in front of your bed or something so that you have to like actively get out of your way not to do that thing. And these are just little things that mean that you're creating an environment that's more conducive to the behaviors that you want to do. And so much of this, like there's so many examples of this from behavioral science and behavioral research and things like opting in versus opting out of things and how you can nudge people towards the behaviors that you want them to make makes such a difference and you can do that in your own environment in your own day in your own life where it's harder to actually do the behaviors that you don't want to do for example you might leave your gym kit or you might leave your work kit in the car so that if you decide not to go to the gym before work you would have to go out to your car and get your work stuff and come back in like make it easy to do the choices that you want to make. That's what I would do. So I'd have a sit down and look at how your life is set up at the moment and the choices that you do want to make that are in line with your goals and how you can create an environment that makes that a little bit easier for yourself. Going back to the question, did they mention about, was it mindful eating as well, yes. around the food? Yes. I think like as well, like a really easy way is to maybe pick one meal out of the day where you can sit down distraction-free as well because we're quite often we'll be like either scrolling on our phone or watching tv or on a laptop or like doing work at the same time so like choose one meal in the day for a week and just sit down and focus on the meal and like if you're sitting down with your family like focus on like the, the um conversation with them as well I just listened to a podcast that I will send you Shona because I think it'll be right up your street and it was about busy I guess like busy mums and work-life balance and that we often feel well we we because I'm a busy mum like <laughs> you kind of guilt trip busy mums into thinking that 
if they're working then they're not as good parents and there was just like some tips in there to kind of one break that down and also see the positives of working like okay am I working overtime because that means I get to take more time off and take my kids away on holiday or you know like the other positives that you can see there and then there were just like little tips of realistically you probably do have less time to yourself absolutely right but one of the suggestions she gave and I find this really useful as well like I don't have kids but I run five businesses I don't have that much time but taking five or ten minutes without like removing all distractions doing nothing purposely doing nothing for five or ten minutes sometimes is such a good break like I think people think that you need to have a long break but it's more about the quality of that break as opposed to the quantity of that break and I think often even if we take a whole afternoon off but we leave our notifications on for example you don't switch up as much as you might have just in 10 minutes of being like, I'm going to do actively nothing for 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be meditation. If you're not someone who likes meditation or who has learned to meditate, or it can just be, there's no pressure on me for 10 minutes. I'm going to do nothing. And I'm going to sit here and do absolutely nothing. And Catherine, I'm sure you kind of felt a little bit like that yesterday because you were getting your phone fixed. Like the difference in not having immediate notifications there like you still had your laptop obviously and you were still working but there's a huge difference in the way that you feel and how urgent things feel and and often when you're caught with notifications and stuff you do react instead of respond Mm. because it is everything is so immediate now and then you realize okay and I think this is something that I learned being on in a different time zone that I was like oh it's actually fine and better for people if I just take my time and I don't feel like I have to respond to everything within 30 seconds of getting it and that's like quite freeing and relaxing and nice so yeah I've tried to start if I if I feel like I'm stressed out a bit about time just taking even just putting on timer on for five minutes and doing nothing actually like rejuvenates you massively mm-hmm. yeah that's great I like that yeah it felt like when I, I didn't have my phone yesterday and I was walking into Sterling to get it and it's like a 30 40 minute walk and I was like normally I would have like music playing or I'd be listening to a podcast or I'd be like scrolling whilst I'm walking and I was like I feel like anxious about not having this like being able to do this but the walk was so nice it's just like it was so quiet and it was sunny and like you're actually just like pay attention to little noises that you wouldn't normally like that definitely helps with feeling mindful I found so everybody have a phone free day once per week (laughs) yeah okay Helen oh and and I get actually the point I want to make about that is is actually quite unrealistic for a lot of people to have a phone free day but what is realistic and then what I liked about this podcast is it's totally unrealistic to be like to a busy mum just take a whole day off and go to the spa like it's not it's not realistic it's not going to happen not frequently enough anyway to avoid like you burning out or overstressing or like going downhill but what is practical is 10 minutes five minutes and sometimes that's enough or at least it's helpful um okay Helen's just asking here I always thought triceps came at the end of a set that is there a specific reason that they're in the middle of the push day on the app? I've never heard that they need to come at the end of a set, nor do they. So I'm not just saying I've never heard it. It might be true. It's certainly not true. Um, 
so yeah makes it more spicy it Ooh. does makes it more spicy okay I should we do another so much catherine but see when people describe exercise as spicy it gives me the ick a little bit i'm sorry it? yeah oh, i like it it's hot like, like i and i actually feel that like when it's especially like a tricep superset that's spicy anyway um i've got another question would you like it please yeah um, i have a very sporty fit and skinny 14 year old boy he plays basketball for a team and whilst I cook healthy meals, he has a daily chocolate snack of some kind after his meal. I am okay with it as he really needs the calories. But a friend of mine just told me I am giving him diabetes. Am I? Wow. No, you're not. No. But what you might be giving him is, well, you're not. But if you were the mum or the person that was saying you can't eat any chocolate because you'll get diabetes is a complex with food. So I think you're definitely doing the right thing with I just yeah, think you know what? now and again, a bit of chocolate, fine. Eating yeah. it all the time, not a good idea, but in moderation, like that's part of a healthy diet, especially as a child. And, and I remember um, one of my friends is really, really, I guess like on it, on it with nutrition or like wouldn't give her kids chocolate. And, and I remember as soon as they had autonomy to choose their own foods, they'd like sneak away and buy chocolate or you'd find them at like a kid's party, like just eating the chocolate because the chocolate's there. Whereas the other kids who are allowed it are like, oh yeah, I'll have a bit and then I'll move on because it's not, you've not said it's bad. You've not said you can't have it. You've not said you can only have one bit a week on a Saturday morning. You've said, you know, that's a fine food to eat in moderation, but we want to make sure that we're getting in these foods that fuel you or yeah. I just think it's amazing how easily people can comment on what other people eat and also how easily people comment on how other people parent. And then that person is like combined those two things. So they're the ultimate combo. Yeah. The ultimate Karen tell them to go away. (laughs) And I mean, now that I have a child and you, you like pick up on these things so much on how other people like can other people's words can have an impact on 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 like how you view it like I remember being 17 at my sister's Hindu and we went out for dinner and I had like mussels and chips milfried and I was like "Mm, mm, 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 yum 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 delicious and this woman was like to my mom do you not feed that child first of all not the child I'm 17 second of all we're about to go and dance all night and do some karaoke Shanghai shuffle I need the calories third of all keep your opinions to yourself like how rude like I, that really stayed with me I, I was 17 I still remember the like the look in her face and how embarrassed I was that I was eating my dinner it's yeah I mean that awful but I think people think that it's like funny I don't know I don't know I, I don't get like I don't know because if you think about like why would she comment that like what was the yeah you know what she's probably reacting not responding mm. If she'd thought, hmm, what is the benefit of making this comment? She maybe wouldn't have made it. It makes you like, think, like, what? Oh, sorry, you go, Shona. No, 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 on you go. It makes you think, like, people like that, like, what else do they comment on? They'll probably comment on, like, everything. They're probably just quite a judgmental person, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
and it like might even like to maybe even give it her her credit like it might not be a judgmental thing of more just like the kind of person that feels the need to say something all the time even mm-hmm. if there's nothing to say mm-hmm. yeah I think also like some people are really surprised when like women have big appetites. Yeah, because it makes me full after a salad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see it within like my own family, like the boys, the boys that eat loads, like big portions. It's like, oh, they're growing boys. But the girls, it's like, wow, she's really greedy. Like she she loves her food. So yeah. It's, it's like, like in um, I can't remember where I heard this from, but like when you watch movies and TV programs women are always portrayed as like nibbling on foods or like eating really small amounts and you never see like someone like tapping into a burger or like a proper meal or anything so it's or, just ingrained into us isn't or it if, if she is she's losing the plot like yes. for example in um miss congeniality you know when she's like eating the ice cream at the start like she's mentally unhinged oh yeah she's also when she eats like in front of michael kane oh she's a pig she's disgusting she needs transformation so yeah you're totally right Mm-hmm. yeah or is it that or there's a huge deal made out of it like ah, oh, this girl eats burgers or I don't know like the, there's something made up it's not just like casually that you're eating a normal sized meal for a normal like human being to grow okay Fiona mindfulness of how phones impact on our every waking minute is certainly something I need to work on as a mum, I always feel a certain pressure to respond to everyone as soon as they contact me it can be ingrained as a mum as you're constantly on call for your kids and this is the tendency to spill over into every aspect of your life this really resonates with me that's so true actually I never really thought about that because I'm not mum but I guess there is like you can also argue that but what if it is important and normally it's not normally it's like I have no idea (laughs) but whatever but it's not like a time imminent thing that you need to answer within 30 seconds or they'd be calling you right and even then it's like oh ignore the call <laughs> yeah, my mum does you're about your call Brutal. Oh, all the time yeah do you ignore her calls sometimes yeah <laughs> but we we have quite a like I remember I called her yesterday because I've not seen her for ages and she's going down to London uh so I won't see her for a couple of weeks and I was like oh do you want to go for like I'll come over and we can go for coffee today or like I'll catch up with you at some point she's just like no too busy today and I was like okay but the thing is that means I can say that to her as well and I guess we have also she's my mum so how why do you think I've turned out this way <laughs> Obviously, that's true. Definitely true. Uh, she'll do that at dinner as well like we'll have dinner and then she'll just get up and be like well I've got work to do and I'm like okay bye see ya <laughs> yeah okay should we do last question yep who's oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> panic um do you want me to get the a question from i think has shona got one wait let me just check let me just check no i think i'm all done i think i'm all done yeah sorry oh my goodness gosh well um i did have one but now i can't remember where i've oh okay maybe maybe I have one in fact maybe I have a few Uh... okay um 
I was going to add in some like elevator music in the background. <laughs> oh no, this one's too long. This one's too long to go into. We'll have to do this next time. It's about perimenopause. Okay, we'll come back to this. Um, Thanks. Thanks for everyone's excellent questions. And I hope that you're enjoying the first week of Commit 6.